It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I am the host of this podcast. And uh, this uh, this this is our last episode of the month, which is our mentor chat. One of my favorites, getting to hang out with some of my favorite people. Um, let's let's kind of go around and, and just see who's in this call. Joe, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe Hornis, and it's uh, a worship director in Chicago. Had a mega church there for a long time. And uh, I've done a couple startup churches, and now I'm doing online coaching and consulting for worship ministries. Um, and uh, just honored and thrilled to be here with my friends and hopefully uh, helping all of you. So thanks. Love it. How about you, Grant? Yeah, hello, everybody. My name is Grant Norsworthy. Um, I'm speaking to you with possibly an Australian accent, although I live in New Zealand, lived in the United States for 17 years. But yeah, very pleased to be beaming into this conversation from New Zealand. I head up a thing called More Than Music Mentor, which is, I guess, similar to Joe, but uh, not the same. Complimentary, I would think. He would emphasize different things to me. So I do a thing called More Than Music Mentor, which provides online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Heart. Heart. And art. Art like, and art. Heart and art. Heart, heart oh, yeah. and art. Heart. Thanks for translating. You got it. I got you. I got your back. I got your back. And Michael, go ahead. Go ahead. My name is Michael Bond. I am a singer, songwriter, worship artist that serves in a local church network here called River Valley Church. We have five campuses in Southern Oregon. And I love getting to pastor and love people and train up worship musicians, worshipers, both here within our network for our needs here and then also to travel and teach at conferences and do worship concerts and just be where the Lord is calling me to be to hopefully help empower the next so that, um, you know, we're, we're not the last, right? We got to empower the next. So it's big it. on my heart, especially in this season. I love it. I love it. Well, this month, guys, we're talking about uh, leading worship in different places and uh, meaning uh, you know, earlier this month, we got to, I, I chatted with uh, Yancey. We talked about leading worship with kids and what it looks like as you prepare to lead worship to a room with a room full of kids. Um, and talking to an artist friend of mine, Jonas Woods, we talked about how leading worship, he travels around every different Sunday somewhere else. Um, and then we're talking this week um, about the same kind of topic, but I want to ask, before we jump into the content, um, we've all done worship and, and music in strange places. We've been in different places, and you, we've, been, we've, we've all been on the road in different ways. And um, what is what is um, what is the strangest place you've ever led worship or performed? Like a stage you've been on that you've done something where you're like, "This is this is am I really doing this?" I'll start off while you guys are thinking about it. Um, I was at a church once and uh, learned once I got there that it was actually a formerly a strip club, and. Um, while I'm on stage, I'm looking down, and they what's had just a what's a strip club? What it's is a that? place? It's a place where uh, oh. you know. Uh, well, if you don't know, don't Google it. Um, <laughs> so, like the the so we're on stage, we're on stage, and I look down at the floor, and there's there's holes in the floor, like where b- bolts had been, and I look up, and there's matching holes that line up, and I realize that I'm standing on stage right where the stripper pole was. Uh, 
And uh, this is this had only been there for like a month. Like they they had just kind of finished the renovations and they hadn't completed the finishing touches. But I was like, I'm standing. This is a strip club, and I'm leading worship in a in a re- redeemed strip club. I don't know if I can call that. I can say it say it that way, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, clothed, it's now a clothed club. So clothed. It's now a clothed. Exactly. 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 Yeah, yeah. In Australia, we'd heard of strip clubs, but it wasn't until I came to America where I heard about a strip mall, <laughs> and that blew my mind. But it's a different thing, listeners. This is strip club. Very different. different. There's strip malls, a lot of places. That's a, that's a different. That's a whole different thing. Cover your eyes, kids. Cover <laughs> your eyes, kids. Oh my gosh, uh, Joe. What about you? Where? Tell us a story. Uh. Well, I had two that came to mind. One was just when you were saying, uh, am I really here doing this? We did an anniversary service for Willow Creek. I forget if it was, I think it was our 30th anniversary. And uh, we we took over the United Center, downtown Chicago, where the Bulls usually play, and packed out the United Center with over 20,000 people. Oh, my and, gosh. I uh, got to lead um uh and be a part of leading that whole group in in worship it was, we were trying to get everybody that attended you know on the weekend service up to all in one place at one time and yeah that was a rush to be to be in the united center with with that many people all worshiping together and that oh. was a blast but maybe my favorite kind of strange place was in uganda leading in uh, in um, a village where there was just a mud floor and a tin roof, mm. and um, and the people had been praying and praying and praying for rain, and during the the piece that uh, I was overseeing, the um, the great news was is all of a sudden you heard the first little drops of rain start to hit this tin roof. Uh, and it, but the hard part was, is that it got so loud you couldn't hear the speed, the little speakers they had <laughs> when it started to hit that tin roof. And of course, everybody's sitting on a mud floor. Oh and, yeah. Um, and so then all that water starts coming. Everybody's sitting in the mud, but rejoicing um, about the rain, and that that was cool. Wow, that's great, Grant. You want to follow that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's interesting how you know for for us, you know, a strange setting can be when we leave our home country. And I was going to share similar stories. You know, I I really I enjoyed three and a bit years playing bass guitar in a band called Sonic Flood that some people might remember. And we did quite a bit of international touring. And I just wanted to quickly mention two spots. One was uh, just three of the band members had gone to Istanbul, Turkey, to shoot a video. Um, that we, we really wanted because Istanbul is this wonderful collision of east and west you know part of Turkey is considered Europe part of it is considered Asia and um the further the further east you go the more the more like the Middle East Turkey gets um I've been a joy for me to get there twice actually but uh, while the three of us were there we, we decided look let's grab a Turkish drummer a guy a local drummer and try and play a a, a, a an event and they booked us in this Istanbul nightclub. I don't remember the name of it. It was probably something I can't pronounce. But it was, you know, a full tilt live band venue, like 
nightclub sort of setting of, of the sort that I was kind of used to when I, I used to play in those sort of venues in Melbourne in a previous life. But, you know, it's like sticky floor, like reeking of cigarette smoke and stale alcohol, you know, and but 300 or so Turkish believers, and it's tough to be a believer in Turkey, by the way, but 300 believers filled that venue and we we couldn't speak English to our drummer, but he did a great job, you know, mm-hmm. and we we just lifted up the voice of our voices to praise God, to worship him in that setting, and it was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also wanted to quickly mention probably the most profound moment of, and I don't even, don't even want to say leading, but mm-hmm. musical expression towards God it actually happened in an orphanage in Shanghai, Thailand, again with Sonic Flood, where these these 300 or so orphan children in a hall, no PA system, and they threw us at the front with acoustic instruments, and we started playing I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. Yeah. And, mm. and they just took over in their own language, mm. and we didn't lead. And these kids sang, the kids with nothing, understand, no possessions that we can speak of, not even parents, and they sang with such heartfelt passion more than any church I've ever led, more than mm-hmm. any paying concert audience I've ever led. Yeah. And it was just otherworldly, so much so that we actually, I think someone recorded it on a phone and we ended our album Glimpse with a recording of those, mm. those Thai children That's singing. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so it's not so much weird but very different to our usual Sunday morning setting and perhaps the strongest sense of the reality of God and the connection with God through that singing that I've ever experienced in mm. Shanghai, Thailand with 300 orphan kids. It's amazing. That's awesome. Michael, what about you? Yeah, I think there's a theme here about traveling or sometimes just not being in your usual space and benefits that can come from that. For me, it was a worship service in Italy. And it's interesting because sometimes I find the most special things happen when you're not anticipating something or something opens up at the last minute. I have a friend, a uh, professional drummer named Zorro, who he's really poured into my life this idea of you just got to say yes to stuff because you never know mm-hmm. what's yep. going to happen unless you say yes. But what you know for sure will happen if you say no is nothing. So this was mm-hmm. one of these, these moments. We were up in northern Italy and we were we led worship at, at one church in the morning and then uh, you know, busy day, it had been a busy week, been teaching at this Bible college that week, and we had an opportunity, you know, we thought it was just rest time. And the, the senior pastor said, well, you guys just keep keep relaxing. I'm I'm going to run up to this, this. Uh, there's another church in the mountains that I shepherd, and I do a little service up there, and then I'll be back later. And I was like, you, you guys don't need to come, just 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 rest. And we're like, oh, well, we didn't know, know anything about that. Do you want us to come? And he's like, no, no, it's cool. You guys just rest. You know, you've had a busy travel schedule. Just 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 relax. We're like, well, we'll come if you want us to. So he's like, okay. So we go up, and interesting spiritual history in this. It's a little city called Feltre, and it's in northern Italy in the mountains. And it was actually a lot of dark spiritual history. Mussolini and Hitler would meet mm. in this this little mountain town in World War II and connect. And, you know, here's this fledgling little now church today trying to make a presence mm. for the gospel. So he takes us into this room, and it's kind of like a storefront, uh, just a square room in, in just a little commercial area. And we didn't know how many people would come, and so we're at the front. And it was so crazy because we had a full band because I was traveling. I was touring with the full band at that time. And so many people came, 
we had to dismantle, like change our stage layout. And I've never done this before. We all just aligned flat against the glass wall. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a musician, it's really weird. So literally I'm holding my guitar, <laughs> my back's against the wall and I can't, I can't see any of my bandmates. We're all literally flat in mm. a line mm. against the wall. So it was, in, it was incredibly out of the comfort zone in the fact that it literally was not comfortable <laughs> to play. I could not see my bandmates or we couldn't communicate, you know, sound system monitors, all that's out the window. Cause it's just, none of that is at play. And it was wild because I remember looking at the faces and I don't know about you guys, if you've ever led worship in a context where you look out at the, at the, the ocean of faces and, and you just go, Oh man, they hate me. <laughs> like this is a tough room. Like they are not going to mm. like this. And those are the kind of just hardened faces. So we go through the night, lead worship. Um, Teacher comes up, teaches. We come back up. And I just tell you guys, God just starts moving in ways. Again, this is not, this is the place that you'd go, we don't even know where we're at. We weren't supposed to be here. We have the worst setup. We're not set up to succeed musically or physically. We're just a mess. And I was traveling with a friend, uh, another worship artist and producer, Brandon B. And we've we've been able to serve around the world for uh, almost 15 years now. And it's been so fun. And um, he just, God put in his heart just some words just by the Holy Spirit to speak over the people. And it was just like something broke in the room. And these faces that had seemed so hard just melted. And next thing you know, there's tears and and people are just crying out. And And then this phenomenal thing happened where... Um, Brandon, because at that time he he does net, speaks better Italian now, but at the time neither one of us really spoke much Italian, and so he just he offered if you if you want prayer that God would just you know work in your life in different ways, come forward, and it was phenomenal because I'm Brandon's to my left, and it was one of those nights I can't even tell you how long the altar call went. You ever just played until your fingers are almost want to bleed, like you just yep. can't hold your fingers on the strings anymore, and it's like keep playing, keep playing. And one by one, these people, almost everyone in the room comes forward. And I'm listening to Brandon, and he doesn't understand anything in Italian other than the pastor who's trying to translate next to him saying, this is so-and-so, could you just pray for him? And Brandon is like praying specific, very specific words over every person. I'm like, wow, that's that's wild. It's not just the generic, Lord bless you and keep you and, you know, give you peace. It was very, very, a lot of specificity. Anyways, at the very end... It was so cool because we were having this time of, of fellowship and food after the service. And the missionary comes up to Brandon and I. And he goes, Brandon, you don't understand what the Holy Spirit just did. And he's like, what do you mean? And he goes, you don't know any of those people. You don't speak the language. And by the Holy Spirit, you just read their mail. And you played, prayed specific things. He goes, that I knew as their pastor, but you didn't know anything about it. And you just like the amount of strongholds and broken chains that happened through this night. like." Wow the progress in ministry that just happened because again, we were the group that we weren't even scheduled to go. He begged us to not come. We end up going. It's uncomfortable physically. It's uncomfortably spiritually. It's uncomfortably musically. And God didn't need any of that. And God was just saying, would you just show up? Would you just say yes? Mm -hmm. And, you know, no surprise that in that posture, the Holy spirit just rocked the place. And I will remember that that night for the rest of my life. I love it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Now, now, Michael, you had no idea that this was transitioning well to my first question. That story fits perfectly because my question for everybody today 
is as a as a worship leader, like we have to flex when we're on stage and like in moments like that where you go, I had something planned and I and God takes it a different direction or like you got to I got to listen to those conversations. As a band, I want to talk technical just real like technical a little bit here. Um what does if I need to navigate change on stage with my team mid-set, what are some things ahead of time that I should be implementing with my with with my band members and conversations that I should be having to where like a lot of guys on your band like they come they've rehearsed you know they know their five their four or five songs they know their parts and as a leader you go ah oh, we're gonna take this left turn in the middle and it's gonna throw a curveball to my band and they're gonna feel un, like unprepared or whatever the case is in moments where you don't necessarily know that like you're you're, you're feeling God giving you that nudge to go a certain direction what are some things and some ways to ahead of time just in conversations with our teams that we can set them up for success in those moments and it not feel like like I'm not ready for this or I didn't know it was coming or I'm not prepared does that question make sense so kind of like roll that out you guys have some thoughts there that you want to um you guys have some thoughts there yeah um my, my I'll jump in on that this is this is Grant speaking um yeah I I love this idea of being able to be spontaneous in the moment when we're, when we're leading a congregation. Um, but I, I guess after many, many years of this, I don't necessarily think uh, being spontaneous is evidence that I'm being more spirit led. I would just say, yeah. I, I think we can be spirit led and be structured and stick to the chart as well. Um, but we do want to be open to what God is doing in the moment. Um, and and our best understanding of what, of what God wants to do. Um, so I try I try my best to be really open to that. Um, but I've actually just found, just practically speaking, if I've formed a band, like I've got a you know five piece band and four singers, I actually have to plan the moments where I predict we might be able to be spontaneous and actually mm. tr- teach them about that. And I've got these signals as a band leader. I'm playing acoustic guitar and I'm singing and I've got signals for my band because I love the idea of being able to stir the pot in the moment, like to, all right, what are we doing now, God? How do we, where do we move here? How, how, do, I, how do I get people to sort of uh, enter into this moment more deeply? Uh, but I have to sort of plan those moments. So I guess they're not truly spontaneous. Now, when I'm on my own or when I'm on my own with a couple of singers and a guy on a cajon, <laughs> then it's a lot more free and easy, you know, that's a lot easier. But, I, but I just, I just find that the chances of a train wreck uh, with a full band and it's like, you know, just l- launching off are, are too great. Um, unpack that, unpack the, like how you plan those moments a little bit. Like how do you like in, in rehearsal, are you saying like, this is this, this watch yeah. me here guys. Cause I might go, I might go over here. What are you? Well, I, I actually that? sped up. I set up my band so I'm in the at least the peripheral vision of everybody anyway. I don't want anyone like in Michael's situation, it wouldn't work, you know, with your back to the glass. No one can see anyone. But I have everyone angled particularly so that they, I'm in their view, especially my drummer, especially my singers, because if the drummer's, the drummer's actually leading the band musically anyway. I'm actually leading the drummer when I lead a band, Yeah, um, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I'm the lieutenant and he's the sergeant major. 
So if I can communicate these changes on the fly in the moment to the drummer, the band will follow. Like we're getting louder, we're getting softer, we're going to repeat that, we're going to change that groove, we're going to do something different. Then I lead the drummer. So I've got to have a great relationship with the drummer. I've got to have a great line of sight. And I've got signals that I do. I won't try and show them on an audio podcast, uh, but signals that I can do with, with my feet, with my hands, with my guitar headstock to show the different things that I consider possibilities. And I can't um, I can't leave the path too far because I'm, I'm not usually working with a band that I play with every week. I'm usually right. forming a band for an event. So there's not a huge depth of musical relationship. Now, now that said, I, I, was, I was traveling to St. Louis a number of years ago and uh, there was a Wednesday night church service and uh, I happened to be there and they said, hey, we're missing a bass player. Would you play bass with our band on Wednesday night? And I'm like, That's, that sounds great. I, I'd love to do that. And they said, but we want to warn you, we're very spirit-led. And And I said, okay, I've heard that term used to mean very different things. Can you explain what you mean? And they said, well, we're very spontaneous. Things can change on the fly in the moment. I'm like, well, I'll do my best. Um, I'd like to think that I'm spirit-led too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my palms just got sweaty actually from your story. I'm already like, this is making me nervous. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I think it ends well. But, but, you know, um, we all got there and we all had in-ear monitors and there was a musical director and their version of Spirit Led was there's a musical director who might tell us over our in-ear monitors what we're going to do now, like creating, creating new chord structures on the spot and having people sing, sing spontaneously over the top of it. Um, is that Spirit Led? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But I was yeah. able to follow the instructions and so I just I just resist this idea that um, if we're creating on the spot, that's evidence that we are more spirit led than someone who sticks to the chart. I I, I think we worship a God who's way bigger than that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, I just wanted to slot that in there. But yeah, I I love ch- changing things on the fly. But I actually think very musically and practically and technically about it. What can we get away with here? Extra bridges, bring it down, bring it up. Maybe we'll ex- maybe we'll get louder when we didn't mean to. Uh, yeah, there's there's all sorts of uh, I guess branches in the path for me with my bands. There's there's several moments in a song where we might take path A rather than path B or path C, and I've got that thought out ahead of time. Yeah, Joe, what are you thinking? Yeah, just following up, uh, Grant. Great stuff, man. Um, the um, just that idea of preparation uh, for pre. We used to talk about being preparing for spontaneity, and 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 the spirit led thing can happen when you're on your knees in your office, you know, four weeks before a worship time that you're planning, praying about what are the God, where do you want to meet us? Where do you want to, Where do you want us to take people? What song shall we do? And praying through that, the spirit's moving there. The spirit's move should be moving when you get along uh, alone, then with those charts later, and you just sit down with your instrument and and worship through something. And in the middle of those moments, you get a prompting to go. I might want to do this here. I might want to do this here. We should have this song. Tommy Walker talks about having songs in the pocket, you know, which he means go. Well, here's two or three extra charts. 
that are on your iPad or that are in the book. And we might go to one of those here. We might go to one there. But the the great thing with those is is then your your slide people have the lyrics, your band has the charts. Your it you can decide in the moment if you want to go there or not. But it like Grant said, it's not a train wreck because because the congregation has to know where you're going. The the slide people there have to you have to have the right words. The band has to. It, it certainly isn't. It isn't any more um, spiritual if you lead people through a train wreck because yep. nobody knows where you're where you're where you're going. So um, so preparing ahead of time in prayer, praying, uh, leading through it in private, and figuring out what where might those moments happen. Do our do my people have what we might want in those moments? I think all of those things, and then. Um, the other great place uh, to learn that stuff is to do it in rehearsal, you know, is to, in the middle of rehearsal, go to one of those songs. Or if there's a song that you go, I think we all know this, but I'm going to find out, you know, so you get a, and you can't do that when Grant's going place to place to place. But when you have a team, yeah. you should get a sense, you know, to go, what if I go into this and, and going, can I think we can all play this one? But you, you, then you grow. You have a sense from rehearsals that you've led spontaneously. That people, one people, are ready for that. They're used to it. But also, you get a sense of what's our repertoire. Yeah. What are what are the things that we can go to in the moment and pull out? And uh, but your your rehearsal time is a phenomenal time to try that stuff out and, and learn that now you have more to draw from in the moment, you know, when you need it. Totally. I did this actually a few weeks ago to church that we were leading. I was leading and I, I was, I wanted to go into just do a chorus of how great thou art. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. I hadn't planned it, but I actually, I took a, I took like 10 seconds, you know, just playing. And I said, the words won't be on the screen, but I think you guys know it. Mm -hmm. And that was my that was my little cue to the to the lyrics person to not freak out mm -hmm. and also to the congregation to go when you see the wrong slide up that wasn't a mistake that wasn't so was trying to in a in a, in a brief sentence communicate this is a change that is happening in the service and and rather than going hey lyrics person this person the, the song's not not up there you can say it in such a way that mm -hmm. it's not uh it's not it, it communicates we're, we're, we're going a different direction and the band knew like the band knew the song. So it wasn't like mm -hmm. a, and it, typically in a moment like that, most of the band drops out and you like let, and let the congregation sing. But it was, uh, it was communicating publicly like, yeah. Hey, we're going, we're taking a turn. And like the person in the back, don't, don't panic when you realize that song's not, not there. Cause it was one of the, the person that was in the back. I had got the sense actually earlier because it was, I also traveled leading worship churches that they were more of a somebody else set it up and they were the point they were just clicking the button mm -hmm. to the next slide. And I'm like, if I throw you a curveball, you're going to panic and you're never going to want to serve again. <laughs> so yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, but Grant, you had you had a thought there? Oh, I just love what you're saying, Jason, because, because, uh, what I'm hearing what you, in what you're saying is something that I wish I'd said, actually, that we've always, if we are going to be spontaneous from the platform and change things up, that sense of connection should always be the focus. 
and not just vertical with God connection, but keeping the congregation engaged and connected. Um, and it reminds me of a story. I can't remember whose book it was that I read this story in one of one of the great books on the on the musical expressions of worship. Someone told a story about how they were in a band who they felt so spirit led. They just they went off on a tangent. Uh, just all the band members just totally reveling in this deeper connection with God and creating music on the fly and 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 creating new new sounds and they they had this wonderful deep connection with God and then after the service the the guy's wife said what was all that mm-hmm. the congregation was left cold yeah we were we were being spirit led we were spontaneously responding to God's love for us and showing how worthy he is through our creativity. It's like, well, the congregation was standing there not knowing what was going on. You all Mm. closed your eyes, lost yourselves in your personal moment, and it didn't feel good to us. Mm. Mm. And so he changed his perspective. And I I always want to remember that. I am here to lead this congregation, whoever they are, to express the worth of God through these songs, not to get all creative and vanish into my own wormhole, you know. And I, I, I have yeah. learned that my that the when those words come from my wife's mouth, they are <laughs> they are meant they're like I've heard that a few times. It's the one person where you're like, I, I'm gonna take what you said and like it wasn't like a like I, I don't you know, your opinion doesn't matter. I'm like, no, if my if if my wife goes, This is important, I'm like, nah, that's important. I should I should listen to that. Michael, what are you thinking? No, I and you the three of you are just sharing such great wisdom on this. I agree with what you've all said and it's fascinating to me how we can use the term spirit-led to, yeah, for sure, indicate that we're more spiritual or as an excuse to leave the congregation behind, do all kinds of strange things. Uh, and I just, uh, that's just not good. I remember one time talking to a drummer who he didn't want to play to click track because he, he felt that. He's like, I'm spirit led, man. If I need to change tempos, I need to be able to change tempo. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's like, I don't practice, man. I'm just led by the spirit. And, and you know, honestly, it's like, it's like, dude, I just don't respect that at all. Some of the best drummers I like, best musicians I know, they probably, anyways, we all know how much, how crazy all that is. But uh, so we never, to me, that's just such an abuse of the words and of the concept to, to equate being spirit-led as being more spiritual and being able to kind of just go off and do your own thing. That's that's just not right at all. I think we all agree on that. Um, but I do value, I value, even with a band, I value being able to be flexible. And I think in, there's a thread that all of that, that runs through what everyone has said here, and it's just... It has to do with leadership. It has to do with being aware of your team, what they can do, what they can't do, being aware of your volunteers and tech team, whether they're running slides, sound, what can they do, what can they not do, being aware as a leader of the congregation, as you said, Jason, how to set them up to succeed. Sometimes all it takes is one or two very sensitively said comments. It doesn't bust the worship atmosphere, but it sets everyone else yep. not be anxious. Stuff like, like I, I think that's great, man, to say, Everybody now, we're not going to put the words up, but just you're going to know this. Sing with me. That really fast. You say that, and everyone's like, "Cool." Um, and then I'll, I always tell my team and our tech people, I'm like, the reason that we use this projection software and not PowerPoint is because I don't want you to be stuck in linear thinking. On your screen, you can see every section of the song, so get very familiar with the song. 
And if you ever, this is my key, key phrase with my be at rehearsal and my musicians, yeah, be I will rehearsal. tell them when in doubt, don't. Okay. When mm. in doubt, don't. If I start going somewhere and you don't know where I am, don't just put up a blank screen. If you're a musician, don't start hunting for notes. Just, just know that, you know, so I try and talk with them ahead of time that I want to be flexible. I don't necessarily call it being led by the spirit. Cause like you guys said, I'm hoping that I'm being led by the spirit from the very beginning. And in that moment, if I feel like we need to stay in this space, then I need to find a way to creatively lead my, to let my team know that that's okay. Don't let this cause you anxiety and just back off and worship. If you know where I am and you can hear the change and you know the chord progression, you can gently, softly accompany me. Because normally my spontaneity or my pivoting tends to happen in more mellow spaces than more full band spaces. So that also helps. But even if it's in a full band space, I'll just call it out like it was a rehearsal. Congregation doesn't care. Let's sing that chorus again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, let's sing that bridge. Like you cue the tech, you cue the people, you yep. cue the band. It's just not that big of a deal. So everybody in the room needs to know where you're going and so yeah. just so, say it. Yeah. I think leadership yep. is is exerting leadership is what helps, I think, in all different situations. Leading the band, leading the techs, leading your people. And yeah, in all of that, leading sensitive to the spirit, I think it's very, very doable, and uh, and it, and and it's nice. I, again, I was like, a, I reserve the right, but I'll tell them that ahead of time, so that they're not because I don't want to be caught off guard. But then that's a leadership move, or like what Joe says to say, "Hey guys, let's let's sit in this." I I could see. I'll tell our teens. I'll say, you know what? I just I don't know exactly what's going to happen here, but I have a sense we're going to sit here for a second. I might say something. I might read a verse. So let's just practice playing through this so they get used to what that feels like so that if I then try and do that later, they're not like, oh my gosh, what's Michael doing? It's now more familiar territory. So I think spontaneity and this spirit led gets a bad rap because people, you actually can put a lot of intentionality into what feels spontaneous to some people in the room, but you've actually prepared and set up everyone to succeed in that spontaneous moment. Like, yeah, I, not not to debunk some some churches that are so popular around the world that we watch our online stuff, but to Grant's point, it can so that we. I want to encourage those maybe listening that feel like, man, I try spontaneity in my church, and my band always train wrecks, and when I watch. Bethel, or when I watch Elevation, or when they do these moments, and they just, everyone's so spirit-led, they know where to go, and they know, and it's like, they have a music director speaking in everyone's <laughs> ear, telling them the changes, and that's okay, that's not a bad thing, it's like, and it's like, I don't want to burst the bubble, it's actually a cool thing, it's like, yeah, so now you've got a worship leader who's not leading the band, who can be as focused spiritually in the moment as possible, and then you've got someone else who's trying to direct the music to support that, it's actually a very cool concept, I, so I say that not to debunk or take away from what is very powerful and what's going on in the room, but to maybe help someone who've never, who's never heard of that concept understand that it, it doesn't. It, you're not comparing apples to apples. If you think you don't have a music director, you're trying to music direct and spiritually facilitate and make lunch and do your laundry all at the same time, <laughs> and you feel like there's mishaps. Yeah. And you can't do it as good as the people you watch online. Well, they couldn't do what you're doing either, and that's why they don't try it that way. They put a lot of intentionality and practice into spontaneous, spirit-led. And I mean that with honor. I'm not trying totally. to shame yeah. any movement, no. any scenario. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't think any of us would want to say that that uh, 
being creative or spontaneous, you know, creating musical moments in on the fly can't be spirit led. They certainly can be. Yes, but agreed. I just, uh, yeah. But I think we're all just, I, I guess, suggesting some some caution here. Don't don't equate the creativity with being spirit led. Uh, you know, we we worship a very creative God, the creator of all creativity. And I do believe there's something extra, I'm going to say, of God that happens when his created beings, us, are being creative. Yep. Uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But don't think you're m- closer to the Holy Spirit, more empowered by the Holy Spirit, better led by the Holy Spirit if you are better at being creative on the fly than someone who's not or, or a church that's not. And, be, and let's be aware that, you know, John Coltrane, Miles Davis, listen to some of those, like recording albums without a single rehearsal, incredibly creative on drugs. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're being spirit-led if you can create things on the fly. Those are different. Those are you know different, what I mean? Those are, those are different spirits. But anyway, yeah, right, exactly. No. Um, and I just want to underline, you know, what we said before, but – the Holy Spirit lives in us all of the time. He doesn't come and go. He's in us, leading Amen. us, directing Amen. us, and he abides in us. And when we're when we're on our knees, you know, or sitting at our desk with a pad of paper and a list of songs, you know, a week or two weeks or what whenever, and we're saying, Lord, where would you want to meet us? Help me to help people connect. What I want is to not sing songs or be cool. What I want is to help people encounter you. I -hmm. want them to engage their hearts with you, not just sing words. What would that look like? Where would you like us to go? And you do that at your desk or you do that with your instrument. That's that's when the spirit leads to, you know, and and to not undersell Though you know that we have the opportunity to let God, the Holy Spirit, lead us at the level we're able to, at the level our band is able to, that the level our group, hopefully, from the moment we started planning, is when the Holy Spirit was prompting and leading. And I would do that, and then you know you get done with with a, a service, and somebody comes running up, and they. And they go, oh, how did you know? How did you know this is just what I needed? You sang just the songs I was longing for. God spoke to me right exactly where I needed it. How did you know? And you go, you know, because three weeks ago I was on my face in my office praying about God, where would you want to meet us? And he knew that then. And yeah. maybe he had us pick that song just for you. And, um, and you know, so... So to not over-spiritualize spontaneity, but to say, isn't it cool when it happens? It's it. awesome. Oh. And, um, but, uh, but to do it well, you prepare for it, you plan for it, you be open to it. Um, but, but following the spiritual promptings and leadings begins right from the beginning of putting that together. I love it. And those spontane- spontaneous moments are much more likely to happen when you are absolutely solid on how the song goes mm-hmm. without being spontaneous. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think all of us in on this uh, podcast have heard people say things like, but we're spirit-led, quote-unquote, you can't see my rabbit ear fingers, uh, as an excuse for not learning the songs properly. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's, yeah, or it's, planning. It's, 
yeah, or planning ahead or being prepared. And that's, that saddens me. You know, uh, if you, if you know the songs so well that you are unconsciously competent, you don't have to think about how the song goes. Unconsciously that's, competent. I'm that's a, that's a good thing. That's level five. One of the, level one of the, five. yeah. Level five of knowing a song unconscious. You unlocked a new competent. dimension. Yes. That's when a lot of musicians get bored. <laughs> I know this song so well, I'm tired of it. But instead, if you realize we're actually in the business of connection, humanity connecting with divinity, mm-hmm. that level five is where you want to dwell. You yeah, want to dwell yeah. there and then you are free to go, let's change it up on the, in the moment. Let's stir the pot. Let's go somewhere fresh. But don't even try that yeah. until you are level five. Don't even try it unless the goal of it is to help people connect on a deeper level. Yes. Yes. Just because you're bored musically. That's amazing. Right. All right. I'm going to ask the food question as we wrap up today. (laughs) Um, I, and my food question today is this, and I'm interested for this question because I'm curious what you guys think. And we are not prepped. We have to be spontaneous. You were prepped sometimes for questions, but you're not prepped for this one. When you when and something new is placed in front of you that you've never had before, like a like a meal or a type of food or something that you've never seen, how do you judge if you're going to like it or not? Is it taste? Is it appearance? Is it smell? Is it the feel? Do you already have a preconceived idea that you're not going to like something before you even try it because you're like that looks gross, but some of the grossest things that look taste amazing. So like when something's placed in front of you. And I'm going to guess with some of us, this is going to be sometimes when we're maybe out of our culture, out of our element, when you're like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Or if you're at a host home on the road, something that you've never tried before. But like, what do you, how do you judge it? Is it taste? Is it appearance? Is it smell? Is it how it feels? What do you, what do you, Michael, what are you thinking? I start with smell. It's got smell. Smell, look, probably then texture. I want to jump okay. to the texture conclusion. You got to yes. smell it first. How's it look? Is it scaring me? Texture in the mouth. And then sometimes knowing what it is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't want to know what it is until the very end. Because yes. if I know what it is first, I might prejudge. But so smell, look, <laughs> texture. What is it? <laughs> That's amazing. I and mean, what about you, Grant? You, you're, you're making faces. So what, what is your... Yeah. What is your... Well, uh, well, I'm very much the same, but... I. You know, like it, actually, it depends on the situation. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. like if if I, as I have had the opportunity to, to do, you know, be be in someone's uh, mud home in Rwanda with dirt floors and no glass in the windows and no running water, and no internet access, and no phone service, and they present me with some morsel of food, I'm not going to smell it. I'm not going to. I mean, I'm hoping I'm there and it's going to be safe. You know, yeah. but I'm just going to eat it. I think, you know, because I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, so I'll have one set of one list of criteria if I'm in a restaurant, I've paid money for this meal, or if I'm at my mother-in-law's house, you know, <laughs> you just, you just, you just better. Just so I know, which one, I do you feel know. Obli- which one do you feel more obligated about the restaurant or your mother-in-law's house? This is being recorded. Oh, my, mother-in-law, my mother-in-law is a great cook. So that will, okay, but, good. Uh-huh. But, so I don't worry about any of that, but you know, for was- me, like, if it's deep fried, it's probably going to be great. You know, like if it's crunchy on the outside and gushy on the inside. Don't I don't I don't need to know what the inside is as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. like Michael like said. that's why I like like tempura. Like I'll eat any tempura. 
But if it was like a steamed version of that vegetable, maybe not. Mm, that's true. Well, but what, Joe, what about you? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, if I know who cooked it and if I'm familiar with it, I'm probably going to lean that direction. I'm not as adventurous as some of these guys with going. If it, if I don't know where it came from and uh, and it's raw, I'm thinking of I was in Indonesia once and the guy was taking a raw fish and he's showing me how one to pick the eyes out. And what a delicacy those were. And then took a little knife and he and he yeah. and he cuts out this little brain out of the out of the raw fish and eats that. And he's trying to get me to eat it. And I'm going, nope, I think I will stick with what I know. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll go home alive. That's but, right. Uh, Oh yeah. my gosh! Seems to be working so far. It seems right, right. To this day, I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm good at staying alive. Ah, uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for hanging out today, and thanks for thanks for pouring wisdom into worship leaders. And I love these conversations. I love getting to getting to do this and get to hang out. And um, so you guys are awesome. And uh, great being every, with you. Yeah, and everybody, thanks for hanging out this week. And we will see you guys. Uh, we will see you guys next week.